Genesis 26 chapter. This is our uh, last message um, before we enter into October. Now, I need you to make sure that you download our Winning Church app to follow along with the sermon notes. So get your phone out, and if you don't have our app, just go ahead and download it. Or uh, if you got your phone, I want you to uh, like, share, love, whatever, all those kind of things that you need to do. Uh, your iPad, tell all your friends, come on in with us. We're going to talk about something that everybody is familiar with. Subject that everybody is familiar with. They may not act like they want to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it today. All right? So we're talking about family reset. Say that with me, family reset. Okay? In our series, we've talked about a lot of things about family, but today as we end up this series, we want to talk about family secrets. had about five people respond, but that's okay. Family secrets harm families. In Jacob's family, there was disunity and favoritism. Family secrets need to be brought into the open. Do you agree? Brought in the open where they can be dealt with. Families can change the way they deal with issues in three ways we're going to talk about today, and that's truth, attitude, and action. Say that with me, truth, truth. attitude, attitude. Action. action. Are you familiar with the uh, phrase, the elephant in the room? Imagine some people in a room with an elephant in the middle of the room, but no one wants to recognize the elephant is there. People in the room talk about a lot of things, but no one ever speaks of that big old elephant sitting right there in the middle of the room. And sometimes people are forced to crane their necks to see other people in the room because the elephant is so wide, they got to stretch out. You have to talk to somebody else because the elephant is in the way. And when people get up, they carefully step around the elephant because... Uh, they don't want to cause disruption. If anyone would try to bring up the problem of the elephant, others would say, what elephant? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. And that's the problem that we have. We don't like to talk about real issues. The elephant in the family room is a good picture of family secrets. Family secrets are not things that no one know about. The family knows and others, others uh, do too, but no one talks about them or even admit them, especially outside the family. No one dare to suggest doing anything about them. Some family secrets revolved around individuals. Dad drinks too much. Mom has a spending problem. Sister is anemic and uh, brother is uh, addicted to pornography or video games or whatever. And other family secrets involve family relationships. The parents fight all the time. The siblings are cruel to each other. Some secrets are, would, would horrify anyone who knew. 
there is sexual or physical or emotional abuse. And others are more subtle, uh, coldness and undercurrent of uh, anger or anger or no one is ever good enough. And in today's Bible reading, there is a family secret. See if you can identify with it and how, how is we, are we to handle this secret. Are you there in Genesis 26? I'm going to read out of the King James Version. I've got a lot of reading I'm going to read, so you just kind of bear with me, okay, so you can get the gist of the story. Now, I'm sure many of you have already read this many times and you've uh, heard it, but uh, let's see if we can get a little bit more revelation, some more nuggets from this story. Is that okay? Glad you settled. We'd have had our dance and our shout. We had to sing it. So now let's, let's listen a little bit. Verse 34. Esau was 40 years old when he took the wife of Judith, the daughter of Bere, the Hittite, right, and Bethshemah, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, which were a grief of mine unto Isaac and Rebekah. It came to pass that when Isaac was old, and his eyes were dim so that he could not see. He called Esau, Saul, his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here I am. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison, and make the savory meat such as... I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when, uh, when Isaac spake to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy fathers speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock, to the flock, and fetch me from, from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loved. Now, we see the mama is a little secret. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, uh, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. My father, preadventure, will fill me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice. And go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly uh, raiment of her elderly son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goat upon his hands and upon the smoothness of the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son, Jacob. And he came unto his, his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. 
who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, listen to this, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have uh, done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thou soul may be blessed. And Isaac said unto his son, how is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Now he lied. And Isaac said unto Jacob, come near, I pray thee, that I may feel. Now he already detected something ain't right. I pray thee that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father. I know he was a little shaky, a little, little bit, shaking a little bit. And he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice. Y'all see what he had said? But the hands are the hands of Esau. God gave me a revelation reading that. That even though it feels right, You can't go on your feelings. You must stick to what you heard from God. Your hearing is greater than your feeling. See, if, if the enemy really was smart, he would have took your hearing before he took your sight. Because as long as you can hear, you can move forward. Hallelujah. You got to be able to hear. Let them hear. Huh? We got to hear what the Lord said. All right, let me finish reading this. Right, before I get happy and start going somewhere else. All right, verse, verse what, 22? Right? No, no, 23. And 24, okay, he says, he says, and he said, are thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he, he brought, it him, brought him wine, and he did drink. And his father Isaac said unto him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near, and he kissed him, and he smelled the smell of the raiment. And blessed him and said, see, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. His mother had planned that thing to the T. And therefore God give thee of the dew of the heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of the corn and the wine. And let people serve thee and the nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's son bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curses thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of the blessing, Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. And he, he also had made savory meat and brought it unto his father and said unto his father let my father arise and eat of his son venison that thy soul may bless me see in, 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 in the old testament the blessing was on the father and he had to pass it down to the oldest son and 
Isaac, his father, said unto him, Thou art. And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that have taken venison and brought it me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him. Yea, yes, and he shall be blessed. If it had been a perfect stranger. If Isaac would have laid a hand on a perfect stranger when he passed that blessing, it was already passed. And so when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with great, he great and, and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, Thy brother came in in subtility and, 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 and have taken away thy blessing. And he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. And he took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved the blessing for me? Daddy, you got something for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy Lord. And all his brethren have I given to him for servants, and with the corn and the wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Have thou but one blessing? Can you find one? One blessing, my father. Bless me, even me also, oh my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. I would hate to be in this place, but say, You got one for me, daddy? And Esau, and Isaac said, and Isaac, his father said, and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth. Well, he did tell me it was going to be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of the heavens from above. And by thy sword shall thy live, oh my, and shall serve thy brothers, and it shall come to pass when thou shalt have dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy leg. Now, this was prophesied way back then. You, you got that right now. You have the Muslims, huh? And you got you got the Jews. Muslims are always in fights. Want to live by the sword. Hallelujah. This started all the way back then, and that's what God said. So it, I mean, we we can think, hey, let's just have a peace treaty. It'll never happen because God had already spoken. And this is gonna happen. Hallelujah. I know y'all looking at me strange, but you can check it out for yourself. And so, and by thy sword shall I live and shall serve thy brother, and it shall come to pass that when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father's at hand, when will I, then will I slay my brother Jacob. Oh, you're going to die after a while. And I'm just, just as sure as I live, I'm going to kill Jacob. That's what he's saying. And these words of Esau, his elder brother, were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau has touching, touching thee 
through it, confront uh, him, comfort him, and, and, and proposing to kill thee. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee thou to Laban, my brother to Haram, and tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away. Not knowing that, you know, hey, his brother was showing up hot. Until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that thou has done, uh, that thou has done to him, then I will send and fetch thee from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both? In one day. What have I done? Rebecca saying, what have I done? So let's talk about this family issue. This family secret. One thing we got to understand is that unhealthy alliance is in the family. That's what's going on. Un it's unhealthy. And then the root of the problem was that the parents were not unified. Mama and daddy, husband and wife, must be unified. Now what I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to get no popularity points, so I'm glad I already had my praise break. Isaac and Rebecca had an arranged marriage. Isaac was 40 years old and Abraham was afraid uh, that Isaac would marry a heathen woman so he arranged that his son get married. He sent his servant to his brother's family in Mesopotamia and the servant brought Rebekah back to become Isaac's wife. And so Rebekah was impressed by the extravagant gifts and the wealth of Isaac and Isaac uh, uh, thought she was so beautiful and so they truly loved each other although they had some baggage in their tent. A lot of us loved each other but we still came in with baggage. Who wants to talk about their baggage before they get married? See, we think that our marriage will be better if we don't talk about our baggage and we'll just somehow overcome it after we get into the marriage. But how many of you know that baggage that you got will follow you? The best way to deal with baggage is to confront it. Lay it out on the table. So you won't get married under false pretense. So Isaac brought Rebekah into the tent of his mother Sarah and Isaac loved her and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Rebekah filled the void left in Isaac's mind and after the death of his mother, not the healthiest situation. He, got, he really got married because of his emotionalism. Isaac and Rebecca never seemed to come together. Maybe, maybe it began with Isaac, a long-time bachelor. You know, sometimes, you know, when you get married in that late hour, you are shaped in your own imagination. You think you all that in a bag of chips. And a lot of times you think that you know how to do everything right and nobody else knows nothing. 
I ain't trying to talk about nobody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. You the bachelor, you the outdoor type, not one to be around home. And so Rebecca seemed smarter, more responsible, and maybe she told him that uh, he should be what he should be doing, and and she ignored uh, he ignored her, of course, and uh, you know, of course, you know, at you know, normally, you know, uh, women are an average uh, smarter uh, than than the man. You know, we don't like to admit that because they tell me now, you you know, maybe you know more about it than I do, that the women have the ability to do more things at one time. Multiple things. They can multitask. And some men think they can multitask. But they really can't do it. Now they tell me the woman has the ability to think on both sides of her brain. We just got one side of the brain. The other side just dormant. <laughs> we one track. Right? We go right down the middle. We say it like we see it. talk about nobody except myself so it was easy for Isaac to be put off for a couple of weeks with the sheep and you know or on a three-day hunting trip stuff like that and or to dig a new well when Rebecca would remind him that the boys needed their father and the lazy servants needed uh, supervision you know but you know hey but 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 Isaac felt like hey I got all this under control I'll get to it after a while and then uh, twin sons were born, and as they grew, the parents naturally had their favoritism. What outdoor-loving father wouldn't love a skilled hunter like Esau? And what emotionally starved mother wouldn't love such a sensitive boy as Jacob? So after a while, the children began to fill the void in the marriage. Esau lived out his father's dream of being a wild and free and uh, became more like a hero uh, than a son. He was rarely disciplined by his father, just nagged by his mother. See, when Esau married the Hittite wives, both parents were upset. They were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebekah, yet Isaac never said anything to him. He just didn't like it, but he didn't say anything. And only later, Esau realized how displeasing uh, the Canaanite woman were to his father. And while Isaac favored Esau, Rebekah showed all her love to uh, a love on her son, Jacob. One liked the other one, other, the one liked the, the other. And it was more like uh, smother love that she did. She became his protector even from God. Look at uh, Genesis 27, verse 11. Look what it says. It says, Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Esau is a hairy man while I'll have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be uh, tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said unto him, my son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. She was so into being right and having her way until she even said, I'll take the curse. Some people are so wrapped up in their sons and their daughters until if they get in trouble, they'll try to hide them and take up for them. 
So the foundation of stability in a home should be the love and the unity of the parents. Make note of that. It should be the unity of the parents. We should be with one accord on how to raise little Moselda. Huh? We should be with one accord to raise little do dirty. Huh? But instead of pulling together, Isaac and Rebecca formed an unhealthy alliance with their children. And that was a family secret, and everyone avoided uh, uh, confronting what they knew in their heart was going on, and they all knew about it, but everyone learned to maneuver around it. And Isaac's way of dealing with the lack of unity was to take control. That was Isaac's way. How many men here just like to take control? And he, he took control and just ignored what Rebecca was saying, and Rebecca ignored what he was saying. And so he was the head of the household and the patriarchal uh, 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 society, and he decided to give Esau the blessing of the patriarch while at the, the same time restoring the birthright Esau so foolishly gave up. So he was figuring, all right, he already got rid of the birthright, but I can't give him the blessing. But he wind up, Esau wind up not getting the, the, uh, uh, the birthright nor the blessing. He got a double whammy. And so Rebecca had learned how to handle the stubborn head of the household by manipulation. See, he was stubborn, but she was manipulative. I hope this is not in your home where one of y'all is stubborn and the other one is a manipulator. If her pig-headed husband was too foolish to be uh, too foolish to see what a mistake it would be to make Esau the head of the family, she would take control of the situation. It was easy to deceive Isaac. He was old, blind as a bat, and she was, you know, an, an expert at deception. So Jacob had learned from his mother that the way to handle conflict was by manipulation and deceit. She was teaching Jacob, not even really know, realizing it. She was teaching, teaching Jake, Jacob how to be a deceitful person and to be a manipulative person without even realizing it. And so he had already manipulated his brothers to, you know, get the birthright. And now he deceived his father to seal the deal. Doesn't it seem odd to you that all of this happened without any... Uh, direct confrontation. All this happened. They never talked to each other. There was no confrontation. All this happened, and they weren't even talking to each other. Rebecca never said, Isaac, I wish you could have discussed the giving of the, you know, the blessing to our sons, and Isaac didn't ask Rebecca either. He just did what he thought that was right, and she didn't ask, hey, let's discuss this. Now, whose idea was this plan uh, to deceive me? What if he said, you know, 
Esau never expressed to Jacob his anger over the birthright. They didn't talk either. And so Jacob never said, Dad, I'm afraid of Esau. Nobody is really talking. And so the unwritten rules of this family were uh, that direct confrontation that never happened. Now get this here. Write this down. Lack of direct confrontation leads to broken relationship and personal loss. I want that to soak in. A little poor Isaac. He's blind and alone with no one he can trust. Isaac, I mean, he was in bad shape. And then Rebecca, she cut off from Esau and Isaac uh, by her deceit. And then having to send Jacob away in fear and Esau receiving a blessing which is more like a curse. You will be, you will live by the sword. <laughs> then Jacob off to the face of the world. Uh, he he uh, really just uh, was destined to repeat the deceitful pattern that he had learned at home. So you can only do what you've been taught. I know we can talk about Jacob and how he was a trickster and how he deceived, but he was shaped that way. He was built by his teaching. So, in my mind, what Jacob needs is deliverance. Family secrets do not go away when they are ignored. You cannot ignore it and expect it to just go away on its own. They might have an impact for you for generations to come and generations to come and generations to come. Some people never get a chance to meet their father physically. Some people don't know who their physical mother is. Family secrets. Some people don't meet their parents until they're late in their years. Don't meet their father until he's laying there horizontally doing his death. That's the first time they meet their dad. Family secrets. I did not know my biological father until I was 18 years old. All that time I thought the dad who I knew was my father. Family secrets. I got my own testimony. And some of you got your testimony. You know who the baby daddy is, but you will not tell him because you still mad at him. You steal that time from those children because you still mad at each other. You steal that time from them and you don't let them know who their father, who their mother is. And they go, they, 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 they live years and years after year and never know who they are until later on in life and they really don't know what to talk about. You stole all that time. Yeah, but 
he wasn't no good for them and she wasn't no good for them. Hey, they might not have been, but maybe, but maybe the teaching that you put in them will turn around and love them and he calls a fire on their head. Right now to this day, me and my biological father, we had the greatest time. He gave me the most, the greatest respect in the world. He called me for advice. And he 80 years old. We never really spent no time together. One day he had him up there to call me and say, hey, what do you think about all this? I said, I don't think nothing. He said, you all right? I said, I'm great. You don't have nothing in your heart, not a thing. I told him, I said, God healed my heart a long time ago. You know, he told me, I'm his son. And he told me, I ain't never seen nobody like you. You know, I tell him, I say, it's not me. It's the Christ in me. He said, one day, one day I'm going to sit down and tell you the whole story. I said, you know, that's up to you. If you want to tell the story so you can be relieved, but I got released a long time ago. I hear you out, but I'm free. See, some of you all need to get free today. You still holding on the old baggage. You got, to my God, still got stuff in your tent that you holding on to. You need to get rid of that stuff so that you can free yourself, so you can live life like you're supposed to live. He promised that we should live a life above reproach. We should live a life of abundance. And I'm not going to let nobody steal the abundance that God has for me. I don't care if I had a bad relationship in the past. That is the past. I'm going to put the past in the past. And I'm going to press toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. I got to love my wife. I got to love my children. And I can't love my wife and my children hating my daddy. You better hit me in here. My first test is to love somebody that I don't even know about. It's my first test. You want to get promoted in life, you got to pass your test. And every test is not going to be easy for you so you can get over it. It may be a hard test. It may be some rejection when you try to bring things together and say, let's, let's come back and let's connect together. It might be some rejection there. But you got to still reach out with love. You, huh? I, and y'all know my sin. Y'all know my sin. Mother, mother told me, I said, I don't understand what you're saying, Pastor. That's too hard. Hey, listen here. You got to love like you've never been hurt. Now, I've been living that for years. I'm not just telling y'all that because I want you to do it. I've been living that. Hurt should not rob you of your blessings. If you allow hurt to dwell in your heart, it will rob you of your blessings. 
So what your wife hurt you? Forgive her. So what your husband hurt you? Forgive him. Don't let her rob you of your blessing. You got a whole life to live. God wants you to live a life of abundance. If they want to hold that junk in their heart, let them hold it. But by God, don't you hold it in yours. It's time to be free. Yeah, they lied on you. You lost your job because they lied. You went to jail because they lied. You got mistreated because they lied. Okay, they lied. Don't you let lie hold you in captivity. You might have lied on me, but I am going to be free in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to walk around here. When I see you, I start having a bad day. I'm not going to get nobody that much power over me. I shall have a good day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. You're not going to steal my day. You're not going to rob me of my day. This is a good day. I don't know what my dad was doing before, but right now he talked more about God than I ever heard him talk about God in my entire life. See what God would do. He don't care who he uses. Because y'all remember the scripture, he used a rooster. He used a donkey. Do y'all remember the scripture where he said a child shall lead them? See, God don't care about who he used. He just needs somebody to say, oh, oh, pick me, God. Pick me. I, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to volunteer. Pick me. I'll do it. You may be younger than your father and your mother, but God will have you to watch over them. And be, watch this. They were your covering one day. God flipped it around. Now you they covering. You see what I'm saying? That's why you raised them the right way. The godly way. You either raising a blessing or you raising a curse. Because the Bible says there's some kids that are going to curse their mama. Going to curse their daddy. That won't be favorable to them, but they're going to do it. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the uh, man, that, man of integrity his children shall be blessed. When you're a man of your integrity, your children are going to turn around and be a blessing to you. We're in a spiritual fight. Don't make it physical. See, what happens, see, I could have been further up the road with my daddy. He should have poured into me. He should have been saving for my college. 
Then he didn't come to my graduation, all that kind of stuff. And, and then there, when, 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 I, when I needed some money, he wasn't there to give me no money and this and that. And Listen, your father, even though he's there and God want him to be there to provide for you, but your ultimate source is God. Amen. Watch this. When your, I get this wrong, my mama. When your daddy started acting the monkey, that's my mama saying. And cutting the food. This is what she would tell him. You know what the Bible says? When your father and your mother forsake you, then the Lord will take you up. So if your mom and your dad are acting up, God said, I won't leave you by yourself. Just because they fail, you ain't got to fail. You don't have to fall. He said, I'll take you. I'll raise you up in the face of your enemies. In the face of your misfortune, God said, I will raise you up. Those that have kicked you to the curb, those that say you can't make it, those that say you can't win in life, those that left you by yourself, God said, I will raise you up. And when they see you the next time, they're going to say, I don't know what happened, but you give God the praise and you tell them, I'm glad you talked about me. I'm glad you kicked me to the curb because my God, God put some fight in me to get up and my God make something of myself. It was the hard knocks. It was the going through. It was the pushing away. It was those talking about you that helped raise you up. Hallelujah. After you've gone through, God said that he would raise you up. In the face of your enemy. He say, I'll make your enemies your footstool. You know, I used to think about that. Anybody got any footstools at the house? See, when you got a footstool, it elevates you. And now watch this. I'm looking at y'all. Y'all got at least three or four enemies. Look down your road and say, is he talking about you now? No, 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 no. Watch this, watch this. He'll make your enemies with S. Enemies, your footstool. Look at all your enemies there. To get you on top of where God wants you to go, here's one enemy, he made your footstool. Oh, enemy number two, I'm a little higher now. They still down there. Enemy number three. Oh, I just went up a little higher. They still down there. Enemy number four. I'm up here. Your enemy will take you to a place, promote you to a place where God wants you to be, and they don't know how you got there, but you got there off of them. The more they talk, the more you pray. The more they try to put evil stuff in your way, my God, God just showed you how to maneuver around it. Everything they try to do to you, God use it for something positive instead of evil. God done sent us back to Eden so we can live on top of the world.
Look on your Roy and tell everybody I'm on my way up and I ain't going back down. You mess with God, he'll put me over you at your boss. You mess with God, I'll start ruling this city because he said when the righteous rule it, the city rejoices. We need some righteous folks in government. We need some righteous folk in our city. Y'all done got me stirred up here. Hallelujah. All right, y'all sit down. I'm coming. And so the message for us is that Family secrets need to be dealt with. Say that with me. Family secrets need to be dealt with. And we need to face up to the impact of family secrets of the past in our own lives. I mean, you know, uh, you done tap dance around that long enough. Now it's time for you to deal with that. You say, well, Bishop, you don't understand. They already dead. That's okay. Uh, find somebody that you can trust, that have your interests at heart, and begin to talk to them. Begin to talk to them because your healing has come from you releasing it. Okay, they left here without y'all getting a chance to talk. Find somebody you can talk to that you trust and let it out. Be relieved. It is healthy for us to be honest about our families of origin. Identify sin as sin, evil as evil, harm as harm, and don't make excuses or try to defend it. Then forgive, which is not the same as understanding or excusing. Let go of the rage. Let go of the malice. Let go of the condemnation. See family members as fellow victims and fellow sinners and forgive them as Christ forgave you. Now I'm just trying to tell you how to get released. It is healthy for us to recognize the impact of the past pattern of behavior on us leading to unhealthy tendencies. Perhaps we avoid conflict or control other people or blow up in the anger or, or try to lie our way out of problems. That's not going to help us. The first step toward changing is admitting our problem to God. Well, you go let it out to somebody. You just start talking to God and tell him, listen, this hurt me, and that's why I lashed out. Talk to God. Tell him. Psalms 51 and 5 says, I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived then we can confess our sinful tendencies to our husbands, our wives, and appropriately, and to our children. If we lose our temper or attack them personally or make a mistake, we can really learn how to release. Now watch this. Confession brings faults into open where healing can take place. The devil don't want us to confess 
He don't want us to let it out. All right, you didn't, you didn't, let me give you a scripture for that. Let me give you a scripture. James 5 and 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So we want to bring family secrets, ones that are relevant today, not to the past, the long past secrets of you know, great great grandma into the open where we can uh, where we can deal with it. We may be it may be a scary situation, but what is the alternative? Will we continue to step around the elephant in the room, the family room, and never come together to heal? We got to deal with the elephant in the room. Now, what if Isaac and Rebecca early in their marriage had asked, "Well, what?" What is happening to the love and unity we dreamed of? How can we show love and respect each other? How can we get back to when we first met each other and we really couldn't get enough of each other? And we knew how to talk to each other when we were dating. Did a, did a non-talking stick hit us over the head? A non-reasoning Stick hit us over the head. We used to reason, used to talk to each other, but now that we've been married for a minute, we can't, don't even know how to talk to each other. Hey, baby, shut up. I don't want to talk. For some of y'all, to say shut up, that's just like cursing you out. So you just like, look, I don't hear nothing else you got to say. Now you done told me to shut up. It's hope. So what if Esau confronted Jacob about how he manipulated him to get the birthright? What if he just sat down and talked to him? Even now, with one brother making plans to kill the other one. If the whole family gathered to lay all the cards on the table to express fear and regret and disappointment and, and a sense of loss, what would happen? It might be a little chaotic, but there might be blood on the ground, but what would it would it be worse uh, worse a worse thing than that if they could just get it open? The family is split apart already, and Jacob and Esau are doomed to repeat the same deceitful patterns of behavior in the next generation because of their parents. What would have happened if the wife said, "I feel so helpless. I know I nag you, but you, 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 you just ignore me." And the husband said, "Well, I know I'm trying to control you, but, 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 but we're competing at all the, we're competing all the time, and, and you cut me down, and one said to the other, "I'm trying, uh, I'm, I'm tired of, of making excuses for you to the kids or, 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 or the parents, you know, uh, your boss, the church. I want to do, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do better." What if you just came out and started confessing and say, hey, I know I've been doing this, but then I want to change. What would happen if the family member began to talk about feelings of failure or insecurity? Words that hurt you so bad. Why don't you talk about those? Or dirty little secrets everyone knows about. But, it is, but it's afraid to talk. We're afraid to talk about it because we feel like it's going to turn into something worse. What would help to talk about credit card debt or to talk about lies or to talk about sex or talk about competing goals or to talk about the children or to talk about your work or to talk about feelings that you have feelings that you don't have why can't you talk about it because you're supposed to be intimate anyway
What if the parents just went out to dinner to talk about the kids or, or, or household rules or how to teach important values? You may not know what would happen. It may be risky and the possibility, possibility scares you. Uh, but if you, uh, if you could, uh, could keep uh, stepping around the elephant, I'm telling you, if you keep doing that, things are not going to get any better. What are the secrets doing to your family right now? Unlike Jacob's family, I don't think, think anybody in your family is ready to kill anybody yet. But if you take the risk of uncovering a family secret, you may find a huge sense of relief and gratitude. And you know, this can apply to the church family too. We need to focus on the influence of nature and nurture and how they make us uh, uh, what, what, are, what, are, what, are, what we are and everything else like that. Give me about eight minutes. And we need to recognize that in the church, we can choose to live as children of God and we can make choices. Now, I'll give you these three choices and I'm going to sit down. What can we choose? What did I say at the beginning? Truth, say that with me, truth, attitude, and action. One more time, truth, attitude, action. Number one, choose truth. Ephesians 4 and 25 says, put away all falsehood and tell your neighbor the truth. Tell your neighbor the what? Because we belong to each other. Why choose truth? Because we love the people in our family, including ourselves, and we want our family to be healthy. Ephesians 4 and 15 says, speaking the truth in how? Love. We will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is that is Christ so we choose truth we got to speak it in love not in hate I told you the truth but no anybody no we're not we're not receiving it then number two choose attitude say that with me attitude first Peter 3 and 8 says you should be of one mind full of sympathy towards each other Loving one another with what? Tender hearts and humble minds. That's attitude. How should we bring family secrets into the open? With humility, tenderness, love, and sympathy. I care. I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to attack. That's how you choose your attitude. I care so much, I'm not going to attack you. I'm not going to say anything harmful to you. I'm not going to attack you. That's the attitude you got to take. Our goal should be, as Peter said, to be of one mind. Everybody say one mind. And we're in this together is what he's saying. When he say one mind, you're saying we in this together. All right? It's not just your show. We in this together. And we both want this to be better. Y'all want it to be better, right? It's not your problem. It's our problem. Got it? We can fix this together. Instead of trying to fix the blame. No, you, it was you. No, you said you. You, you, you. No, it was you, you, you. No, put your hands down. Let's sit down. 
grab her hands, look into her eyes, and say, baby, we're going to fix this thing. Got it? Amen? All right, let's practice. Pretend that they're in front of you. Come on, pretend that they're in front of you. If you got a girlfriend, if you got a wife, well, pretend they're in front of you. Say, we're not going to keep fussing and fighting. We're going to fix this together. See, that wasn't hard, was it? That wasn't hard. You practiced. That's all you did. You just practiced. Uncle, put your hand together. I heard seen for a lady about that clapping. Y'all clap. We're going to fix this together. Got it? And then lastly, choose what? Action. Everybody say action. So we should follow some basic rules of engagement. Here it is. We're going to keep it short. We're going to keep, you know, short accounts. We're not going to drag it out and hold it. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Right? Don't jump in the bed and start. No. We're going to work at this. You sleepy, I'm sleepy. We got to work at this. Let's, let's, let's at least come to some agreement before we start snoring. Baby, you know, you know I'm an early bird. You know I get in the bed at 8 o'clock. Well, you better start dealing with it as soon as you get home then. You got off at 4. You had 4 hours. What's your problem? Don't come here with that foolishness. Now, here's another one. Don't communicate through the kids. Tell your daddy I said. And daddy said, uh-uh. You tell her I said. Do not communicate through your children. Get your children out of the middle of it. And don't use names or labels. Don't call them out their name. You know their name is not snail. It's not skunk. All right? Your name is not Tasmanian devil. Do not call them out their name and use labels. All right? Don't use stuff like stupid or lazy. Take, erase all of those type of names, stupid and lazy crazy, baddie, erase all of that. I can't use none of them words. I just stopped cussing. <laughs> Not cursing, but cussing. Now, here's a big one for me. Attack the problem, not the person. That's a big one for me. As beautiful as your wife is, why would you attack her like that? It's not her that you want to attack. It's the problem. You got me? Don't, 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 attack, don't, don't attack your man. You're trying to get him to arouse himself. And see, some of you, some of you kind of, you know, feisty women, you know you kind of got a quiet husband, but you be trying to scratch at him and get, get him to raise something out of him. You're trying to get him to raise his level up a little bit. You be scratching at him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah! I'm going to get him to say something. Stop scratching at him. 
I just was trying to see what he was made of. I just want to see if he'll move or holler or something. You might not like what come out. You might bring something out that you didn't want. You better leave that lion in this cave. All right. Here's another one. Do not drop hints and expect the person to get it. When you could say what you really mean. Oh, yeah. Let go. Come on. Come on. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. Because, you know, some of y'all like to play games. You always want to have a riddle every time you talk. I don't want no riddle. Tell me what you mean. You got to come to me. Once upon a time. I don't want to hear that. You know, once upon a time, I got to guess what you said. Nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. Nope, that. Well, you could have told me what it was. Cut a mighty kind of people we raising around here. All right, here's another one. I got to go. Listen to honest words and emotions before reacting. Got it? Because see, somebody's ready to go before they finish their thought. And huh, huh, I wanted to tell you about But baby, I didn't finish. I was going to tell you I was going to buy you a new car, but you just went off on me. So after you told me what I was not, I guess I'm not the one to buy you a car either. <laughs> Here's one more. Be committed to stand with the issue until it comes to resolution or compromise. Got it? Now, it may not be easy, but change takes time. Say that with me. Change takes time. So if that's the case, be patient. You didn't get where you are overnight. It may be chaotic at first. There may be some resistance, but change can happen with Christ's help. Now, how I know that, here's the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If anyone be in Christ, any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone and the new has come. You can have newness in your life. You can have newness in your relationship. If you're in Christ, be patient with each other. Don't throw us out before we get started. Listen, somebody had to be patient with you. That's why you're here today. Somebody was patient with you. And even if you are the only one who changes, you can take steps to be more healthy in how you relate to others. If you succeed in bringing family secrets into the light where they can be dealt with, you will break a chain of evil and harm and establish new patterns for yourself and people you love and for generations to come. May God help us deal with our family secrets. Put your hands together. Give God praise.